You were listening to episode 20 of the Design Influence with Albinos. It's no secret that I love chatting with my fellow e-designers, but it's not something I've ever really done on the show. So today's episode, which happens to be the last guest episode of the season, is with my girl, Heather Hess, and we have a lot to talk about. Heather's passion for design, like many of us, started in her own home. As a mother to four young kids, she quickly realized that the design of a home greatly impacts how people function inside that home. So Heather believes a home should reflect the personality of the people in it. And so she loves that she now has a job where she's able to make that happen. E-design specifically became her main passion because it's a way to provide her clients with an affordable interior design experience from the comfort of their home while also giving her the opportunity to stay home with her kids while working. Like many of us, Heather has done freelance e-design on third-party platforms, but she also serves her clients through her website. And this isn't the only hat that she wears. Heather has leveraged her talents to also be the editorial director for Swatch Pop, focusing on their social media and blog content allowing her to create content that people crave, look forward to, and feel a part of. Our conversation, as I'm sure you could imagine, took a few different turns, but they're all good ones. In addition to talking about all things e-design, from securing your own clients to working on platforms like Swatch Pop, we got into a, a few other fun topics, some of which you guys know I love, like batching and blogging, AKA some of all of our favorite things about being an entrepreneur. Welcome to The Design Influence, a show dedicated to changing the conversation and creating impact on and offline. The Design Influence is all about you, the online designpreneur, helping you be a better designer and entrepreneur in this new digital landscape. I'm your hostess with the mostest, online interior designer, content creator, and nonstop idea machine, Albie of Albie Knows Online Interior Design. If you're ready for some candid and caffeinated conversations about everything from decoding interior design tools to growing pains as an entrepreneur to figuring out what the heck it means to be an influencer, then turn up your earbuds and let's dive in. All right, guys, I am so excited. I am hanging out with one of my e-design friends, Heather. Thank you so much for hanging out today. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. All right, so I've already told our listeners all about you, but in your own words, I want you to give them like just a quick and dirty rundown of who you are, what you do, and why you're awesome. (laughs) Well, um, I'm an e-designer. I um, I do my own e-designs on my website, and I also am an editorial director for Swatch Pop, and um, they're lead designer. So that's pretty much the lowdown of what I do every day. Now I love chatting with like my fellow e-designers um, because it's weird. We're like few and far between, but we're not at the same time. Like it's, it's so weird. <laughs> right. You think there's not very many, but then you come across so many others. You're like, where have you been? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so we have a lot to talk about. Um, but I, I do want to know as an e-designer, do you find yourself explaining what you do more often <laughs> than not? Oh, 
every single time people ask what I do. I have to explain it almost every day. And is this from like potential like clients, like non-design people, or is it from design people as well, or like a bag of both? Pretty much both, but more, um, I'd say more clients, yes. Okay, I, th- I thought it was just me. I think that's something like we can <laughs> we can relate to, even though it seems pretty obvious. Um, right. It's one of those things where it's like we kind of have to like decode it, so to speak. Yeah. When it comes to e-design, our stories are pretty similar. You got into it because of your lifestyle. You have a family. You're a mama. Um, share a little bit about that. Yeah, I have four kids, um, ages nine, seven, five, and two. <laughs> And I wanted to be able to stay home with them. My husband was in dental school, and I wasn't in a place where I could really um, pay for daycare and go out and work, you know, a nine-to-five job. Um, So I wanted to try to do something at home where I could still take care of the kids. And that's when I came across eDesign, and I fell in love. It was exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah, it's I I, think, I find like that to be a very common thread. I like at least I know that's my story. I got into it right after having my daughter and I was like, "Well, I can't go outside." Like, you know, what yeah. can I do that and at the time my husband was on active duty. So it was like, "No, if I go work, I have to get childcare." And as a new mom, I just didn't want to get childcare <laughs> that early. Right. Right. You want them home with you. <laughs> Exactly. So yeah, no, I can totally relate. And I'm sure there are a lot of people who have gotten into e-design, especially exclusively, who can also relate to that. Mm-hmm. And now I know that you also have your blog. Um, did e-design come before the blog or the blog came? Like, what, which was it first, the chicken or the egg kind of thing? Um, well, I started a blog, but it was kind of designing, but not really. Like, I didn't know how to put it out there because people didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel like I could put it out there quite yet. So I started blogging about my kids and by my home and um, some design tricks. Um, but it wasn't until I really stumbled across eDesign that I, was, that I decided, you know, I'm going to give it a, a shot. And I actually started selling them on Etsy designs on Etsy before oh. I put it on my website. I had no idea. So, I mean, walk us through what that's like a little bit. Um, I mean, I guess I don't know if people, I know like a lot of craft makers and things like that, like people use Etsy. Um, but what was that like um, starting basically selling your service on a platform like Etsy? Um, you know, I I did a few designs, you know, as examples to put them on the the product page for them to buy on Etsy. And I put it on. And honestly, I was like, well, no one's going to buy that as soon as I posted it. Cause I didn't think that was something someone would buy on Etsy, but I wanted to give it a shot. And honestly, I got a sale within a week and I was like, oh, this is awesome. So I started doing more and I was actually surprised how, um, how many people viewed the service on Etsy. And I think I got um, at least 50 in the first year. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, but I think I also set my price low on Etsy to start. And that was because I wanted to see if I would get any bites to see if people, you know, would actually come to Etsy (laughs) and actually buy them. And so I started out pretty low. And as I got more, I would increase my price. 
And now, is it something that you still do, or do you now just sell exclusively through your site? Um, exclusively on my site, yeah. So, I mean, that's something that's pretty interesting, and I guess that's always, like, one of the coolest things I find about e-design is that you can kind of, there are no rules. Like, you can really right. <laughs> do it your own way, and so you found this way, Etsy, that, again, most people think of for more, like, products, like, you know, tangible products or mm-hmm. services. It's like you're buying... Uh, invitation templates or things like that, but right. you are essentially able to kind of sell your e-design packages um, right through the site. And I imagine it was just they buy the service and then you provide all the digital deliverables that you know were part of your package. Right. Yeah. They. I would just find them on Etsy and then we would communicate through my email. So it was just Etsy was there to help me find clients, which was nice because I feel like a lot of people would come back to me. And a lot of people that I found on Etsy um, necessarily weren't on Instagram, which most of my clients right now come from Instagram. And I probably wouldn't have found these um, Etsy clients, you know, without Etsy because they're not on Instagram. Um, So I thought it was a, I thought it was a fun experience and I still keep in touch with some of them, which is pretty neat. And so, I mean, that's awesome that you actually still have that relationship because even though you're not selling on Etsy anymore, they can still be a repeat client. Because I, I believe Etsy is like a whole other community all in all of itself. It, it is, yeah. But it's nice because I get their email and now they're part of my email list and my newsletter. So, so it all works. Keep that longevity going yep. as opposed to, you know, if you – they had, found you like some other way um you're able to still kind of build that relationship have repeat clients and then just move them along to your website or wherever it is that you are now and yes you, you mentioned because I think you have like a, an amazing social media presence and you mentioned that now Thank most you. of your clients come from Instagram yes yes most of them do so what is that like because I, I feel like Getting hired on Instagram is like this unicorn, <laughs> like this <elusive laughs> thing that people talk about, but it doesn't really happen. <laughs> so yeah, what, it's hard. How did that? Yeah, it's about? hard. Um, you know, I um, as I'm on Instagram a lot because I run Swatch Pops Instagram as well, mm-hmm. and my own. And um, I my ultimate goal is to create you know, content that people want to engage with. And they, you know, I'm speaking in my captions like a friend. And I feel like um, if I write them as if I'm talking to my friends, you know, like, hey, what do you feel about this? Or what do you think about this? Um, They're going to think of me as a friend. And I do actually get a lot of direct messages that people are like, oh, I thought of this about you today. Or, um, you know, I just wanted your opinion on this, but I don't know them. And I get, um, you know, I get people regularly coming to me that I feel like I know them, um, just of how I engage on Instagram. So I feel like people want to work with me because they think of me as a friend. So it's, it's, it's really fun. And, um, I find myself on Instagram all the time because I want to be with these people and (laughs) I feel this obligation to them. And I mean, that's always like, that's the goal for a lot of people. Build your community, have people, you know, know, like, Uh trust you. And it it sounds like it's something that came effortless to you. And 
Is it because, you know, you have your blog, you create content for Swatch Pop, which we're going to dig into in a bit, um, but you have all these channels where you have to talk to people. So has it just made right. kind of like an easy, you know, marriage for you? Whereas some people kind of struggle with, what do I say in caption? Right. How often do I show up? Do you find that it kind of came naturally because you're just creating so much content anyway? You know, yeah, I feel like, and now it's a lot easier than when I first started. and. When I first started, I was really um, concerned about every single post. And I would spin, oh, what should I say on this one? What should I say? And now it's like, oh, it's easy because I look at the picture and I think, hmm, if my friend were sitting right here, what would I ask him about this? You know? And so it does come easier and it's a lot faster. Because I think a lot of people, I mean, especially, I'm glad you mentioned captions, people kind of like will overthink a caption to the point of right paralysis (laughs) right and then they'll kind of feel like does it have to be personal does it have to be professional am I getting too deep am I not getting deep enough like Mm -hmm. like, do I have a call to action do I right all all these rules into it but you're like no just what would I have said to my friend if my friend was looking at this picture so I think that is an amazing tip talk to your friends in your captions Right, right. So was creating content always part of your design strategy or did it kind of just work out that way? Um, it kind of just worked out that way. I really, um, I think if I were to do a new job today, I would definitely go into like social media managing because I really love it. Um, I love putting content out there. So I'm honestly thinking of content all the time. Like my phone or my notepads in the kitchen are like, just like lists of things I want to talk about or things I've seen or um, like, it's always in my head. So um, I don't know if it started that way, but it's kind of taken over. (laughs) Now, is that how you got into your role with Swatch Pop? Um, Yes. So I was one of Swatch Pop's first designers. And, um, they had a really strong following on Facebook. Um, they had about 70 to 80,000 followers on, on Facebook and their social media, their Instagram was, um, I want to say like maybe 3000 people. And I was like shocked, like, this is such a great company. This is such a great company. I don't know why you're not on Instagram. (laughs) You know, you should be a lot bigger on there. So honestly, I actually went to them and I said, Hey, can I help you with this? Is there, you know, a, a way I can, you know, work with you to grow your Instagram. And so I honestly put it out there and they liked it. So (laughs) I I kept doing it. I absolutely love that because one, you saw a need and in, in a very non-traditional way, because a lot of e-designers especially um, have worked on, you know, other platforms, third-party platforms as maybe like a, a, a stepping stone into design or whatever the case is. And whereas for you, you saw this platform, you were one of their dyna- one of their designers, you said one of their first, but you also saw that they had this other need and you leveraged that into a whole new job for yourself. Right. Yeah. It was exactly what I wanted to do. And so I was really happy that they agreed. (laughs) (laughs) And so your official title, you said you're their editorial manager, correct? 
Yes. Uh-huh. And it's, uh, that's something that, again, as designers, which is what I love about the flexibility of working online, designers think they have to just design sometimes, you know, especially, you know, nowadays where things can be very competitive. There's just, just design in every space. And you didn't see Swatch Pop as just, oh, a place for me to design. You know, now you're getting right. into creating content, which you love. Um, and I've seen some of the content that you have created for Swatch Pop. It's definitely just more than just, you know, a nice caption. <laughs> you know, you're up <laughs> lives and all of that. So walk us through what that, um, that social media strategy, as much as you can share, what your social media strategy is like as someone wearing kind of multiple hats. Um, you know, I have different focus for each um, um, profile on. So if I'm on my Heather Hess designs, I have my own strategy there. And for Swatchbop, I have my own strategy there. And so um, mine, I have a specific style that I love. And I will post my favorites or I'll post my favorite designs on mine. And I also have like um, a creator room. So I keep my stuff in mine. And so when I go to her Swatch Pop, I have a whole different mindset. I have, I'm catering to a bigger audience of lots of different styles because we have so many different designers um, that work for Swatch Pop. So I'm trying to get a big majority of people like that like all different styles. So I have um, actually a wider range of things I can post. Mm-hmm. You're casting so, Yes. Yeah. So even if it's not my style I'm posting, I have to think, hey, what will other people like and what will bring other people in? Um, so it's kind of, and it's testing. It's, you know, I'm seeing, hey, what, what will work today or what will work? You know, let's see if this um, caption work. Let's see if this picture will work and see if people respond to that. So actually, it's a lot of you know, like trial and error testing. And- yeah. <laughs> trial and error. See what works. Did you know that we have a shop? Yes. The design influence has a shop. Running your business is more than just beautiful mood boards and design projects. You have to be able to protect yourself, present your ideas in a clear way, protect your clients, get paid, outline your processes, All of this on top of the creative so that your business is always showing up as a clear, precise, and effective machine. That is why we launched our template shop as well as the influence directory. In the template shop, you will find easy, ready to download, and easy to customize templates. Everything from e-design contracts to proposals and briefs to get you started on really systemizing your business and clarifying your processes. The influence directory, on the other hand, gets a little bit deeper. It's a little bit more robust because it is an index of courses designed to help you maximize your expertise and influence. So from software to strategy, tools to tactics, I've pulled all of my knowledge and all of my resources to help you learn, connect, and thrive in your own designpreneur journey. Head over to thedesigninfluence.com forward slash resources to get started with some of our templates and also to sign up with some of the courses that will be rolling out later this year. See you on the other side. Now let's get back to the conversation.
Now, for I'm going to back it up just a little bit. For the person who's like, wait, I'm sorry, what is Swatch Pop? What, what are they talking about? <laughs> what is Swatch Pop? <laughs> um, Swatch Pop is an e-design platform. Um, and it's different than... Um, Decorist and um, Lauren Wolf. There's lots out there, yeah. There are so many out there. Um, and I've, I've actually worked with um, a few of those the same time I was starting with Swatch Pop. Yeah, so, um, there's like a rite of passage. <laughs> right. Everyone has to take their turn to see what they like. And I ended up staying with Swatch Pop because I liked their um, the model of their business. So Swatch Pop is different because... Um, each project is um, each project is different. The size of it, the payout, um, the style. It's a and it's fast. So people are doing a la carte system. So they're doing, um, hey, I just want wall decor, or I just want a rug and a new coffee table, and they're picking their projects, um, big or small. I've done projects that are just picking a new. Um, dining chairs so those are small and they're fast um or i've done projects that are um like 10 items like a whole entire room um that take me longer but then they're a bigger payout so i like it for that reason like every project is different and i don't know what i'm gonna be getting into um so that's fun and i also like that it's a fast project um Swatchpot mails out their um, emails, their projects in three to five business days once you receive it, um, which is awesome because when you're doing e-design platforms, most of e-designers are um, doing it on the side to fill in extra time um, aside from their own business. So to have a platform that will say, hey, you can pick up this project and do it in a few hours and get a payout as soon as you, as soon as you turn it in, it's such a, you know, it's, that's really appealing. Because it's one of those things where it's, it's pretty immediate. Um, yeah. Opposed to maybe you're waiting for a certain pay cycle or um, a certain threshold or however it is, you know, I know every platform does it a little bit differently. And so with this kind of like unique model, what, role would you say like a company like Swatchpot plays in the e-design space or even just in the design industry as a whole? Um, I think a big part. Um, I, and I feel like they're more, um, they started in Georgia and so they're really, um, big down there. And I, I feel like they're now starting to go everywhere. And, um, but I think they play a big role. I think they give you a uh, different approach to e-design um, with the different size projects. And I kind of feel as them feel as they are the de- designer next door. Um, they're they're really approachable. It's very low key, and it's um, with their blog and with their um, their social media platforms. They're very informal and it's easier for people to start a project when they feel that it's not intimidating. So I like that about Swatch Pop. So it's, it's, um, it's a less daunting 
way to enter the design space. Yes. It makes yes. it a little bit more comfortable, but also a little bit more flexibility. Like as someone who I've used the Swatch Pop um, platform, one of the things I remember that I thought was awesome was that you could set a calendar, for example. Right. <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. have to just be on all the time. Yeah, you could say, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm available when Tuesday and Wednesday." <laughs> you know, yeah, it's great. And so that that, that level of flexibility, um, I imagine, is why you, you you decided to stay on board. How do you navigate designing for them and designing on your site? What is that balance like? Um, it's it's different, and it's different because Swatch Pop is a um smaller and bigger project type platform. So I'm getting people towards my own website that are wanting to, um, you know, do multiple rooms in their house. And so um, they're kind of different clients. Like I have an ideal client, right? Everyone has an ideal client and I'm getting those on my website. Um, And it's a totally different client over here on Swatch Pop. So Really, I don't think they compete for me because I'm look I'm looking for two different type of projects. Knowing that, like, even though it is a juggle, right. you're kind of able to compartmentalize that. Same like with the content, right? And so now you have this this kind of dual, you know, uh, uh, role as someone in the design space. And you've even said yourself, if you were doing something else, you would definitely probably go into like social media management and things along those lines for the designer who struggles with blogging with social media what what are some tips that you find like has made that easier for you where blogging doesn't feel like a chore um instagram mm-hmm. doesn't feel like a chore how, how do you take that pressure off i mean you love it naturally right, right. for the person who has to have a, a natural inclination how do you feel like they can better embrace those pieces of like the content creation? Um, I, well, if I'm talking about blogging, I would say, um, cause sometimes it's hard to think of content to think of, Hey, why am I supposed to be writing about this? You know, like why would people listen to me about this subject? Um, but I think if you really talk about things that you talk about all the time, like if you're talking to clients about your tips on hanging artwork, you should probably write a blog post on it, you know, because you have, yeah. you're talking about it all the time. Um, or if you love your projects, hey, write a blog post on um, your project, like that, giving people like the um, details of it and the progress of it. Um, just write things, start off writing things that you want to talk about to people. And don't feel like you need to talk about this certain topic because everyone else is talking about it. I love that you said that um, because often people will kind of figure, oh, I have to start a blog, so I have to teach or it has to be behind the scenes or it has to be one thing or, or, or the other. But you're saying if you love artwork, talk about hanging artwork. But if you don't, don't talk oh, about right. it. <laughs> I feel like I've done that sometimes too when I'm, I've picked a blog topic and I sit down to write I'm like huh I don't think I should write about this (laughs) like I feel I don't really care right like I feel like I have nothing 
um, great to say about it. And so, you know, pick a new topic. Yeah, yeah, Because now you're forcing it at this point. Right. And then if you're forcing it and you don't feel awesome about the topic, (laughs) chances are no one else is either. (laughs) And I I feel like that could be applied to the same thing with social media. If you don't want to post about, like I'll speak for myself, for example, I don't post my daughter because that is just not something I am comfortable with. Mm -hmm. You know, people know I have a daughter. People know I have a husband. I don't need to necessarily show right. them. <laughs> right. Know? But whereas for someone else, it works. You will see their kids. You will see their dogs. You will see everything about them. You know, right. and it, it, it works and it makes sense. If I posted, you know, insights of my motherhood, it probably wouldn't come off all that natural. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> now, like I have your blog open actually in front of me and one of the things that actually, this is how I actually came across your Instagram, was your creator room, mm-hmm. which kind of reminds me of the Swatch Pop model where you're doing like just maybe small things mm-hmm. here and there. Um, so tell us a little bit about your creator room series. Um, oh, this is my favorite. <laughs> this is probably my favorite thing that <laughs> I, I do. Um, and it's funny because it's it's not anything that brings in any income, but I truly love it. It's the one thing I look forward to you know, the one thing I look forward to on social media the most. Um, But I started it because I wanted to do something on Instagram that, um, you know, people looked forward to. And it was um, a game, (laughs) you know, that people were interacting with. So I started it, oh, probably, what is it, 2015, maybe? Um, I just tried it and see if people liked it. And I had, a lot of it was my friends because my close friends, because when I started, I didn't have very many followers, but my friends loved it. And they always said, Hey, when's the next one? When's the next one? So I kept doing it. And, um, it's actually grown where I, um, am actually turning it into custom projects for clients. I'm in the process of it right now. So that's releasing, um, yeah, sometime next so now year. We will bring an income. Yes. I thought I loved it so much that I thought, "Hey, how can I how can I do this um for people that is coming directly to their inbox and they're doing it for themselves." So, and it's something like I said, I've seen it and it, it is it something that's so engaging. Was that a big part of how you were able to build your social media yeah. following and community? I think it is. I think it is. You know, I mean, I'll never really, really know, (laughs) but I think it is. I think it keeps people around. Um, I know I have people that message me and say, hey, when's the next one? Um, Hey, my daughter has been asking (laughs) because she helps me vote on it. You know, I, um, it keeps people around and it makes them feel like they're in the, like, you know, they're important. <laughs> their their like vote is important. That they're part of, of it. Yeah, they're creating something. And for you, I imagine, you know, it keeps you creative and and sharp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because you're you don't know what people are gonna vote on. Right. You don't know which table, which sofa, which pillow. Now you're like, oh, well that's a nice interesting pick. And then you you kinda have to kind of evolve as a design evolves. Right. I feel like it it really has helped me with um my designing ability because really the ones that get picked usually aren't my 
top choice. So I'm like, and you know, I think that's what it is in the design world anyways, because when I'm designing for clients, sometimes they'll pick option B when I'm like, oh, I really love option A. Um, But you have to go with it and you have to make it work. Um, it's the same thing if some a client comes to you and says, hey, I want you to redo this room, but I have this couch that I don't love. I mean, that I have to keep and it doesn't go with it. So you really have to make it work and make it something that they like. And so you're, you said this is something that's going to evolve into a service. Yes. So um, as much as you can, elaborate on that a little bit. So that's a unique service to offer. It is. And I have been trying, honestly, to make it work into a service. And it's been taking a lot of thought and a lot of, you know, testing to see if I could do it into a service. So I'm actually doing test clients right now. Um, um, so they're in the middle of the projects. And it's fun. Um, it's just like Creator Room on Instagram. But it's with a plan. So I'm giving them, um, we start out with their inspiration and then a floor plan. And so we have a plan about what the rounds are going to be. And I like it because it's um, um, it's on their timeline. So round one, if they're ready to buy, let's say a kitchen um, dining room table, I'm going to give them all their options for the dining room table. And they can go ahead and buy it right then once they pick the one they like. Or, I mean, they can wait till the end. But when they're ready to move on to the next thing, let's say the next month, their, their budget says, hey, I can buy a new rug. <laughs> Give me options for round two. So, because I, I feel like a lot of clients aren't ready to um, do a whole room makeover all at once. A lot of people are doing, are on budgets and are, um, only have, you know, the budget to buy one item a month for a room. And so I'm trying to cater to that and give them a design service, even if their budget isn't huge. I love that you, you, you've taken this very unique position, um, to, you know, help your e your e-design clients and really just meet them where they are. Because one of the things, you know, yes, a lot of people get into e-design because of the flexibility and it in itself is already a unique design path, but you similar with, you know, creating, you know, your content, working with Swatch Pop, you've kind of made it fit in the way that you work and in the way that's going to best serve your people. There, there are no rules. Right. And I feel like that is like, the biggest thing that people forget like because we see so many people doing so many things we're like well I have to do it this way too and it's like no you you really really don't (laughs) exactly I was actually on um I was doing an interview a phone interview um a few weeks ago with um this man and he was um doing a review journal for um the interior design and the way of technology and interior design. And he asked me, he said, do you think e-designing is the new thing for, you know, in the design world? And I kind of stopped and, and um, I was like, no, I, you know, I think it's a different market. Cause he's like, is it going to take clients from other, you know, full-size, um, full-service designers. And I was thinking, no, it's not. It's actually just another service. It's another market. It's a, 
we're, it's a whole different client. And um, I think when you look at it like that, it's, it is, it's, it's brand new. It's, um, you know, it's for a whole different type of client and it's, it's giving everyone the opportunity to use an interior designer, regardless of budget and regardless of where you live. I love that. You know, it is a different client. It is a different market within this one space. Because when you think about it, you know, in most fields, there are different specialties. Right. There are different services. So it, this is really no difference. It's not one or the other. I mean, and you're a proof of that. You're able to, you have your clients, like you said, you have, you know, these services that you offer, but you're also able to work with other clients through a platform like Swatch Pop, serve their audience the same way. And there's no push or pull this or them right. <laughs> kind, of, kind of thing. And I think, you know, like we said at the start of the, of our conversation, you know, there are so many of us, but you don't know it, you know, and I think that's probably part of it. There's almost like a, like you're hiding Mm -hmm. that you're an e-designer. Like there's almost, uh, for lack of a better word, like a shame for some people when it comes to e-design. Right. Because I I feel like the most, the question I get the most is, so... Why don't you do full service design in a home? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. it's it's different. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> I chose e-design that, you know, that's where I am. That's where I'm working. Um, you know, maybe in, you know, <laughs> in a different time, I would. But right now, this is what I'm doing. And this is what I chose to do. And it's not, I mean, you, you kind of just said it yourself. It's not something you ruled out per se. Right. But just in this season of where you are, you've chosen to do e-design exclusively. Right. So for the designer who maybe is new or pivoting from another career or just had, you know, their first child or whatever the case is, what are some tangible steps that you could offer them to get started with e-design? Because I know I get this question a lot. Like, I don't have clients or I'm just new on social media. Where do I start? What do I do? What are some tangible steps that you think they could start to take to make that transition? Um, I'd say build um, build a good portfolio of your of e-design rooms. I mean, of Photoshopped rooms or whatever program you use. Because um, mm-hmm. people are going to look, look to that. Um, and I'd say... Um, actually try to get with those, you know, those third-party platforms, um, cause it does give you clients and it, and it's going to give you the opportunity to work with people. Um, I mean, they're, they're given to you. These clients are given to you. So while you're trying to figure out what works for you, um, on your own, um, work with these, w- work with these, uh, companies. When it comes to third-party platforms, you know, the feelings run the gambit uh, because, I mean, there's so many different types of platforms. People have different experiences. So some people find them to be super helpful, like like you just said, you know, mm-hmm. kind of building the clientele, building a portfolio, whereas others feel like they devalue the industry altogether. Right. How do you, like, what is your answer to that? <laughs> 
Oh, I, mean, I don't know if I'm going to, I'm trying not to, I don't want to like not make friends <laughs> with my answers. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you, can't, you can't speak for everyone. Right. But, you know. So, so this is hard because I feel like, yes, designers should get paid more than some of these platforms. But on the other hand, um, I'm going at it with the intent of building my own first and using the platforms as, um, you know, to fill in the empty spaces in my business, to fill in, I don't have enough clients this month. I'm going to work with the third party to get some extra ones. You know, I'm not looking at it as that is my sole way of getting clients. I'm trying to work on my own and using that as a secondary. Like it's supplementing it. Right, right. Um, but I know a lot of designers that that's what they do. That's they're they work for many platforms and they're um, you know, they're just trying to get as many as they can all month, which is great. Honestly, that that's great. And I can see why some of them feel like they should get paid more. Um, but it also depends on how fast you can work. Mm-hmm. So I think the more you do, the faster you'll get and the m- better the money will seem. If you're just starting and you're spending eight hours on just the Photoshop rendering of a room with four things in it, then uh, yeah, it probably, it's probably not R-R-R-I worth the money. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I love that you said, you know, it's about being clear on, you know, your objectives and really being intentional. So like you go into it feeling like, no, I have this thing that I'm building. I have my business. This is just to maybe supplement, you know, a a slow week or fill in the gaps, or I want some extra cash for a vacation, whatever kind of like the goal is, you, you know what you're going, you're expecting to get out of it. So I love that. um, Cause I know a lot of the negative feelings, as I'm sure that you've heard as well, come maybe from around the pay or the time right. or, you know, all of it. But I, I guess once you're able to manage your expectations, maybe that changes your point of view on how you, you, you handle right. with a third party platform. Right. And I've also thought, you know what, if it's not working, like if, if one of the sites I've worked with a site that I thought, you know, I'm not, I really am not getting paid as much as I should be for that project (laughs) and the time I put on Mm -hmm. that you know what I stopped (laughs) because me getting mad about that wasn't gonna change what they were gonna do it was just gonna bring (laughs) me down Mm -hmm. so I looked elsewhere um you know and picked what where I thought I was a good fit and that was with Swatch Pop so that's where I've stayed Mm -hmm you stop. And then, you know, that's really one of the things. But the great thing is you're not an employee. <laughs> right. And you know what? They, your one opinion is probably not going to change the entire model of their platform. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. So, I mean, I love that you said that. So build a portfolio, potentially work with a third party platform. Um, what is a third kind of uh, entry tip that you could give for an aspiring e-designer? Um, I would say, um, I would say, um, do some test clients and, and get some real results. 
um, and some client feedback. I think that is so helpful. Um, when you say, hey, you know what, I'll design this room for you for free if you, you know, or at a discount in exchange for, you know, photos um, or, you know, mm-hmm. I think that's really helpful. Yeah, I mean, and it's, I love that you said photos because I know that's one thing that's, that tends to be difficult. Oh, it's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard as an e-designer. <laughs> How do you handle that? I mean, do you find that you're able to kind of say up front, hey, I, I, I want to get photos of this? Are you able to gauge that right out the gate or is it kind of like, we're just going to hope for the best and see what happens. <laughs> Absolutely hope for the best. <laughs> because honestly, with e-designing, you can send you can send a client all of your ideas and your shopping list. And it's up to them. I mean, that's the beauty of e-design is it's up to them to pick what they want and go with it. And so even if I get photos back, which I have gotten photos back, um, not everything is exactly how I said. So it's kind of hard to really still put those photos out there knowing that I wasn't there to style it or <laughs> they didn't pick exactly what I wanted. Um, it's but not I really think true to you. Right, right. But I think even just having them write their feelings about the process, their reviews and posting their reviews is so helpful. Honestly, that's really helpful. And that's one of those things, you know, that um, I think it's a little bit maybe easier sometimes to offer if you're an e-designer because new full service, you probably have to find someone local to you to do that exchange with. Right. New e-design, you have the whole internet (laughs) at your disposal. (laughs) Yes. So long as, you know, as you're attracting the right person or the person that you want to work with, so to speak. Right. So what is next for you, Heather? I know you're expanding your service Um, at the time of recording this. By the time it goes live, you may have, you know, added that creator room service. Mm -hmm. You are doing content for um, Swatch Pop. As you continue to evolve and grow, do you see the content growing bigger, the design growing bigger, or them just kind of growing hand in hand? Um. Both, yes, hand in hand. Um, I am putting a lot of focus into Swatch Pop this year, and um, I actually just did my whole year of blog content planning and my social media content planning. Oh, um, we need to talk yeah, about that in another episode. Batching. <laughs> yes. I am all, I am all about batch working. So oh my goodness. that is yes, batching saves lives. <laughs> so. Oh man, it totally does. Um, yeah, so I just um, blog content plan for the whole entire year and my social media strategy. And that is so helpful. (laughs) So I have big ideas. I really think that helps give you a clear picture of where you're going and um, give you clear goals. And I think it helps me um, create better content because I know what I'm looking for. Like say, I know what I'm going to go for in April. I'm thinking about it for three months of how I can make that better. Because I know exactly what I'm going to talk about. Because you're, even though it's like, okay, I bet my blog, the bigger picture is you've made a roadmap. Right. For yourself. It's not just the blog or just captions. It's really kind of, if it doesn't fit in what I already have planned, then it's not 
maybe that can be flexible, but then it's like, does it really make sense? I, I right. love that. Oh my goodness. And so you're, you said you're making the choice to focus more on, um, um, you know, I'm giving both a lot of attention, but I am focusing a lot on Swatch Pop this year. Okay. And, um, yeah, I'm, I want to make them bigger. I want, I want people to know about them. And I think they're a good platform for new e-designers too, um, to work with. So I want to get them out there. I do want, um, people to know about them. I love that. And I mean, for anyone who's listening, you know, I will have, you know, any Swatch Pop information in the show notes. If you want to learn more about it, if you want to just kind of follow along with Heather's creator room and just stalk her a little bit more, where can our people find you, Heather? Um, I'm on Instagram at Heather Hess Designs. And yeah, and I'm on my website is heatherhessdesigns.com. Awesome. And the, like I said, the Swatch Pop information will be in the show notes. Um, Heather, I love talking to a fellow e-designer. So thank you so much for hanging out with me today. And thank you guys for listening to this episode. I will see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you. Oh my God, you guys, I had so much fun talking to Heather. So first of all, do not be surprised if you hear her on the show with me again real soon. And by real soon, I mean like the next episode. Our conversation, like I said, took so many different turns that I knew I had to have Heather be part of my Q&L series. So in the next episode, Heather's going to be hanging out with me again, doing some quick fire Q&As that I think you guys are really going to love. But let's talk about today's episode. The entire conversation spoke my love language. I mean, first of all, the girl has me beat when it comes to batching. But at the core of the conversation were a few lessons that all go back to finding or creating a lane that best suits you, your needs, and your lifestyle. While most people have mixed feelings when it comes to third-party platforms, Heather dove in headfirst when it came to Swatch Pop into a role that suited her skill set as well as their business needs, as opposed to simply designing on their site. Heather has created a loyal online community and thriving career, all as an e-designer by leaning into her strengths and her passions. How can you take these lessons and apply them into your current season of being a designpreneur? I've said it many times before, it's all about leaning into what you need, into what your lifestyle is, into what your strengths are. And Heather is a testament to all of that. A few episodes back, I talked about walking away from entrepreneurship and finding purpose in your pivots. All of that was to share with you that you don't have to do things one way or the other. You can do them however you want, just like Heather has. Take a screenshot of the episode while you're listening and tag the design influence on Instagram as well as Heather. And let's talk about what your designpreneur lane looks like. It has to be unique to you. It has to make sense for you in the same way that Heather was able to carve out this very unique but amazing path for her career. Let us know what your takeaways are. Let us know what you love the most. We would love to talk to you about it. And for more deets on everything else we talked about today on the show, for the full show notes, head over to thedesigninfluence.com forward slash podcast. 
I hope you'll subscribe to be sure to join me every week. Like I said, the next episode is going to be another Q&A, which I think you guys are really, really going to love. And if you haven't already, let me know just what you think in general with a rating and a review and share the show with your design besties so we can all hang out and start our influence together. Catch you guys on the other side. Bye.